A painter's muse must survive a wild 24 hours, during which a journey quickly turns into a settling of old scores. Somebody write this. Hi, and welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea, and then we brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And to help us with our brainstorming today, we have a guest. Please welcome Kit Falbo. Hi. Hi. I'm Kit Falbo. I am a uh, writer from the uh, Pacific Northwest. I uh, like writing science fiction and fantasy. Awesome. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about as a, we we have a lot of sci-fi journeys that we take on this show. Sometimes a lot yes. of our of our things end up in sci-fi. I'd love to hear from you about what. Let's start off by just saying what do you what do you like about sci-fi and fantasy? What is what is it about writing in in a world that doesn't quite exist yet that you really find captivating? I like the escape. You're creating a level of escape from whatever your current problems are. Mm-hmm. And it lets people escape themselves, you know? And it's really something that I used a lot as a kid to uh, get out of stressful situations is I'd open a book, you know, and I'd mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be taken to a fantastic place where the rules are understood and everything is... Uh, might not work out in the end, but at least has a, a nice narrative. Oh, preach. Yeah. <laughs> we know absolutely. <laughs> so do you think that do you feel that there's a lot of there's also a lot of like dark, gritty sci-fi and fantasy. Do you feel like that that does something different? What is do you well, I guess the question actually is do you prefer writing more optimistic sci-fi fantasy as a form of escapism? Or do you like sort of the the darkness in there as well? I mean, it's all kind of escape, depending upon uh, mm-hmm. the mood that you're in, you know. It's not that dark and gritty means bad or depressing, or it's just a matter uh, of taste, because you're having some taste of uh, unreality. Mm-hmm. They have different values. My writing is pulpy. I mean, it can go across into, uh, into both, both sides of, of gritty and lighthearted, mm-hmm. often I mean, the stuff I have published, you know, has a lot of things with artificial intelligence and there's some family drama mixed in. It's kind of hard to uh, describe exactly the line that I go through. Yeah. I, I have a degree in psychology, so so I often uh, use uh, uh, mental struggles as, as part of my uh, my work. Nice. Yeah, interesting. I'd love to hear you. Yeah, tell us a little bit about as you as you write characters and with your degree in psychology. You know, you're you're creating mental struggles, conditions that nobody has been in yet. And, you know, for sci-fi, maybe we'll, we will be in this place someday. But a lot of, you know, as you're trying to figure out how do people react and, and deal with life in a world that does not exist as we know it, what are some of the challenges of that or the exciting things of that? I feel it's mostly getting your character down because when you're doing such stressful or annoying things to your characters. You really want to know who the characters are. You know, you really want them, usually you define them by how they, how do they connect with, with key other characters, like their relationships? What are their goals, their passions? You know, what are they focused about? Mm-hmm. And kind of how do they lie to themselves, you know? Because everybody kind of lies Ooh. to themselves sometimes. So, I mean, they could believe one thing, but... uh it's not always the case, and and you kind of you, you get to know these characters, and then your entire goal is to kind of knock them off balance and see what happens. 
<laughs> I think that's really fascinating. I know you said you were in the middle of writing a, a sequel. Tell us a little bit about the, the story that preceded that and kind of what inspired that, that world that you're returning to a second time. The book that uh, I wrote is called the, the Crafting of Chess. It's about a teenage chess hustler who is being raised by his con man grandfather, and he's trying to he wants to earn money like in a, in a legit way to help keep his grandfather on the straight and narrow because he's conflicted mm. by his grandfather scamming people essentially, you know. Mm. And while he has hustled in the perk he, and he's pretty good at chess, he uh, chooses to enter a new uh, virtual reality video game and earn money in that as a way to uh, kind of like bring income to the family and try to get a normal life. And it has mm -hmm. some inspirations from books like Ready Player One, mm -hmm. Third Earth Online, combining fantasy and science fiction in, uh, in it's, a, it's a fantasy video game he plays in kind of a, yeah. a setting with a, a solid real-world basis for when he's not playing the game. That's cool. Interesting. Okay, so uh, it sounds like, you know, a, lo a lot of these, some sci-fi is like, thousands and thousands of years in the future or on a completely different planet so far away that it's like, it is, it is almost just fantasy. It's almost just a completely different universe. And yeah. this sounds like it's something that's a little bit closer to home. Awesome. Well, that was, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing some of that with us, Kit. We'll see if, if this synopsis leads us into sci-fi. It doesn't feel like it will, but you never know. Mm -hmm. um, so as a reminder, our synopsis that we're working with is a painter's muse must survive a wild 24 hours during which a journey quickly turns into a settling of old scores. Mm. So. So yeah, immediate thoughts, immediate things that come to mind or questions or, or ideas in your head. My immediate thought is that you have the main character. The painter's muse is going to be the, the main character of, of this tale, obviously. Yeah. I mean, and you could, I see two different routes. I see you could go a literal muse from mm -hmm. like the past, like kind of like this little mythical, magical being. Oh. Yeah, you know, bring in you, that fantasy element. And you have uh, this fantasy element and you could have it interact with other, so you can Greek gods or other gods if you want to yeah. go a route that's similar to say the Iron Druid Chronicles or mm -hmm. something like Hades, the video game or something like that where you're having the where you you're also having flavor with having these these gods as part of the interaction and the the, the wild journey and uh, so so that's one route i see mm -hmm. and then the other more down to earth route is is having a literal muse to some artist you know maybe a kind of like a a follower on or a groupie almost, you know. Or, or a model. A model, you know. And that can be taken into either uh, present day or it could be taken into science fiction or, or lots of different routes you could go with that because you just have the character and the setting is, is wildly flexible. It is. I kind of, I like the idea of the first one primarily because I love how with that, the idea of settling old scores could be thousands and thousands of years old. Yeah, yes, if we're true. looking at, at Greek gods or at at mythical folklore gods and goddesses and and uh, and creatures that have lived for millennia, like that could be you know if you're settling <laughs> scores that were back in in the days of of Greek rule, like that could be really fascinating. Yeah, and and taking a journey to settle something is very archetypal. 
of of mythology. But on the flip side, the the 24 hours is very short for a journey. So I'm curious if that means that like the journey was intended to be longer and then it get it turns into a settling of old scores which has to be handled much more quickly like maybe this muse is going mm. out on something that's intended to be a, a a long journey a long quest to i don't know do something that muses need to do <laughs> and then suddenly the journey is cut short and they have to settle old scores within that 24 hours well a journey doesn't necessarily need to be about a length of time. It can be a distance. Look at something like Dante's Inferno going through the layers mm. of hell, as long as you're true. traversing through different things. Or it could be a personal journey, like a, an emotional one for them. Yeah. Or it could be a, a first journey. Let's let's uh, turn this into almost like a crime drama where the muse has been kidnapped. <laughs> you know, you've, yes. you've all seen the movies. <laughs> and they have to escape from some other god uh-huh. And it all becomes kind of like almost like a convoluted heist slash revenge oh. thing, where where, where yeah. then the uh, then where somebody's using her to settle an old scar, okay. and then she yeah. gets obviously some kind of scar based around that settled. Like it's kind of ones you can almost do that twist reveal in the end, you know that that mm-hmm. that that the muse is kidnapped and then you can kind of reveal that the muse helped plan this whole thing, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not a, usually a giant fan of twists, you know, they're, they're, yeah. very, they're, 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 they're very key, you know, and you really need them to be subtle Yeah, uh, and you can only do them in the end. I mean, a lot of people, a lot yeah. of writers, I say like, I'm going to add a twist in the middle of the book. And you're like, no, no, no. Cause then the reader has to go back and reread the whole first section in order to understand it better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I I love this kidnapping idea. I do too, which which makes me wonder, and I don't know how intrinsic this will be to the story. But who is the painter? Well, yeah. So and I was how wondering is he to the story or she. I was wondering as well if like okay, so I I love this idea of the of the muse being kidnapped. Maybe the painter's muse is both our senses of of muse is mm. you know just is this painter's model or subject someone that they that they paint a lot that they get a lot of inspiration from. But then turns also to be a a literal mythological muse <laughs> and gets kidnapped. Oh, and so so, like so we could have modern, a, we could, modern day painter, ancient Greece Greek muse. Yeah, Ooh. and so maybe we have this thing where we're following the muse's journey, but we also occasionally come back to 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 the painter who's also trying to like figure out can can he or she help from where they are on Earth. <laughs> yeah, there's a. You have a this broad range that you could do because you could even go the Persephone route, you know, the story about right. how the seasons uh-huh. change. So you have the muse being taken at the beginning of the Dark Ages, and basically the muse being kidnapped may only seem like twenty four hours for her, but basically that creates the Dark Ages almost. The lack of oh, a muse, like an, a an hour doesn't have to be a muse. literal hour, especially not when dealing with, with gods and mythical yeah. verses and. Uh, Exactly. Parallel universes. I mean, I mean, it, that's the fun about writing, right? You can do anything. Anything right, is yeah. possible as long as it kind of makes sense and other people kind of like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So what if – so this is – I don't know how to tie this in exactly. But so what if these 24 hours are not consecutive? Oh. What if the muse can show up for like half an hour at a time or an hour at a time over like – 
2,400 years or something. Mm. So you can have this kind of long passage of time, but still have this, this constrained, we only have 24 hours. And in fact, I only have 10 more minutes here. Right. Oh, yeah. Because, because what if, so, so she's influencing, inspiring different artists through the ages, right? Yeah. But like, is there something she needs to be made that she's doing in these limited time periods that is going to help her or settle this old score or some task she needs to complete that she needs these mortal artists to do for her. Did she fail in her first, her first attempt as a muse or did she, she, did she do something like horribly wrong? And so she was the muse of the specific painter and it went really, really wrong somehow. Oh, 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 what if, if she, like if she made a deal with the wrong god to help the her original artist and then that went wrong and that's why she's so limited you could even get more personal in which she's helping artists but the the artists that have only gained fame like after their death or have met tragic ends you know oh. let's say Edgar Allan Poe Ooh. so he becomes a muse for Edgar Allan Poe and obviously i mean I don't know if you know that he kind of like died yeah penniless and kind of yeah. like crazy and like then go uh, yeah, yeah van gogh with the ear mm-hmm. like, like, like i mean you have a lot to choose from yeah. and then uh the uh the settling of old scars is uh is figuring out who is the one that's ending the artist soon and then uh <gasps> getting kind of revenge on them or, or dealing with that I love that. Like none of these artists were supposed to where like somebody is going in and, and taking these artists and they're trying to take them before she can inspire them. <laughs> and, and they never, they never quite make it. She's able to inspire them to create some great work, uh, even if they don't get recognized for it until they're, until they're gone. And so maybe she's, she's trying to continue on with this realizes that her, her people are, are not completing their life's journey that she inspired sure. them to do, that there was more that they had. And so she's trying to figure out who is trying to, to, to take away the people that I'm working yeah. with. So, so, and so we're seeing this from like her latest artist, this painter, this modern painter with like flashbacks to what she's been doing. Yeah. And I, I just have this image in the end of like very much like Orpheus and Eurydice, like her no, walking, like marching down to marching Ooh. down to the underworld to pull all her people back out and be like, you are not allowed to have these. You took them again. You know, you are not supposed to have them yet. Right. You are messing with me. So, so who's her rival then? Who's who is she fighting against? Yeah. It's always going to be the. Uh, it's always the trick when you have these uh, mysteries, right? You know, yeah, you kind of yeah. have to have the uh, the the setup. Because hey, is obvious. The red herrings. The uh, sometimes right. the person's obvious. It is them, but you know, yeah. you still have that's being the red herrings. Like you know. Yeah, maybe she thinks it's Hades the whole time, or something. Yeah. And it turns out not to be. I mean, maybe it's another muse. Yeah, like a Ooh. sister, a jealous one. Yeah. All what of their artists just like suck. Yeah. <laughs> or it turns out that got, she's that she doesn't know how to how to correctly inspire them, and she's she's irritated, and she's like, "Well, if I can't inspire them, she's definitely not gonna." They and got Millie to... Vanilli and Vanilla Ice, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the comparison we never thought would be made in this conversation. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I'm going to pause for just a second. I'm going to go ahead and generate a, a random title for this, which may help us or may hurt us, mm. or maybe absolutely nothing. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'll put it in the chat as well as say it out loud. Our title is Quint and Brit. So I guess we've got some character names now. 
Okay, yeah. well, that's the painter and his muse. The painter and the muse, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so actually, actually, that leads to a question. So the painter's muse, if she is going through like this is this 24 hours is spread throughout like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years and uh, she inspires many painters who is the is the the modern day painter is our is our that's our a uh, painter for this one that's our focus uh-huh okay. doesn't necessarily need to be a painter it could be any kind of artist but I suppose it is a painter because we did say a painter's abuse yeah, yeah. So, so I think the current one needs to be a painter but that doesn't mean that her painter, past yeah. inspirees or mentors sure. or whoever have to be painters right it could be anybody yeah, yeah. so it could be Poe and but whoever the center is right now is a painter uh-huh. is the painter Quint or Brit <laughs> Could be either one. one. Those those are both uh, kind of unisex names in today's day and age, right? You know, Brit and Quint can both either be boys or girls. Or you can be both be girls or both be boys. You know, yeah, both be non-binary. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing wrong with inclusion. Yeah, in fact, it's absolutely. recommended. I'm, exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I was trying to think if there was a, a good mythological name that began with Brit, you know, short for. Right. When all the boys were named Jason and all the girls were named Brittany? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I couldn't think of- okay. So let me ask you this then. The the way the plot is written, it very much centers it on the muse. And so I think the, the a painter's muse does this. The painter doesn't really come into it except for being the painter of the muse. And so I'm assuming that the muse is our is our primary viewpoint. So does it matter? Does does our muse need to be named first? Does our muse need to be Quint because they're the one who are kind of guiding us through the whole thing? What do you think? Uh, I get how how many muses are there traditionally? I think it varies in mythology. I think traditionally there were like three, weren't there? I don't know. I'd, I'd have uh, to go- I'd have to Google it. This is why we have there Wikipedia. were nine in Greek mythology. It nine. looks like there were not okay, but there were five in the Hercules movie. Okay, well that's what because because because. Quint, you know, is it's it's five. So like, oh. is that the muse's name? She's muse number five. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and just, just an the idea. others are all the others are Q, Q, U, right. Q, and Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all fun, <laughs> sort of mystical names. You can also have the uh, the juxtaposition where the the painter is actually being a muse to the muse in the story mm-hmm. and, and how the painter is inspiring this oh. journey back into the, into the past and the situation and the and the journey to oh, settle well, the so you have this uh, kind <gasps> of, course, of like this painter c- helps cyclical. her yes get out of the, her trouble what if and this we don't have to go this direction if we prefer the painter to be a normal human but <laughs> what mm-hmm. if what if the painter was once a muse themselves and whether they are aware of it or not, whether it's like a wiped memory or whether they intentionally came here to help help her find this, maybe there, maybe this painter is actually there to inspire our main muse to solve the mystery of what's going on with <laughs> with her charges. Oh, oh, oh! What if? What if? What if? What if the painter is going to be a muse? Oh, me! Oh. You see? Yeah. So maybe that's. Oh, I'm I, I, all these ideas now. Like, there's so many ideas. Can't well, I'm wondering. I'm I mean, wondering if, like, this muse is is partially charged with with finding artists who might make good muses later, and. 
but somebody keeps stopping her by killing them before they can be famous in life. Yeah, one wants the doesn't want new muses or something, or is worried they're going to get pushed out, or <laughs> and so does not does not want them to succeed, and so they're just like, what the, cranky the, Greek the, god is against all of the arts? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, it, 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 it's literally like I said, that's the fun about writing, and like like yeah. you can do whatever you want. You could have the, you could have the uh, the painter be one of those like gorillas in the zoo that paints. Yeah, exactly. It's true. It's true. It's the five hundred pound gorilla. But I, I love the idea of the of the muse being like, well, I guess it's just really difficult to find find another muse. That's why there's so few of us, uh-huh. and not knowing that their efforts have been sabotaged, like that there could have been, you know, yeah. thirty or forty more muses by now, but somebody's mm. been sabotaging their efforts, and they realize it in little flashes over the course of twenty four. 24 different people that they're that they're inspiring yeah and maybe i mean maybe and maybe there's a deadline on this maybe it's like hey if you can't find somebody after after 2400 years yeah then the 24th we're 24th we attempt are, is it yeah 24th attempt is it and so they're like so they're th- this muse is like i really have to figure out with this painter in this time before i vanish again in my last hour here on earth what's going mm. on oh i like this story it's like weird, oh weird murder mystery, <laughs> Greek mythology. Right, yeah. yeah. That's super fun. Oh my okay, goodness. we're coming close to the end of this. But before before we do, I want to see, is there, are there any pieces of this that we haven't wrapped up that we want to, that we want to make sure that we get into? Have we, we've, I think we've gotten enough into the settling of old scores. Yeah. Yeah. I think. That's. And I think with the title, with Quint and Brit, that, that very much is leaning toward them doing it to fighting together or it being very much about their, their yeah. relationship that this is teaming up. Yeah. With the, Ooh. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I, I feel it. It's settled for me. I love I, it. I, and I want to read this now. Somebody write this, <laughs> which I guess <laughs> is the point of why we do this show. I know. Yeah. <laughs> So as always, folks, we're going to toss this out to you and we would love to hear your ideas for this. Do you think that the painter is amused? Do you think that who do you think is doing this to the to to quit? quit or do you know which one is Quint and which one is Brit? <laughs> we would what? love to hear your suggestions. You can tweet at us. You can email us. All our info is at the end of the show. So make sure and stay tuned for that because we would absolutely love to hear and to later share the ideas that you came up with because this is, uh, as Kit was saying, this is just so broad. You can go so many directions with this and there's a good chance that you have thought of some that we had not even considered. So we would love to hear those answers from yes. you. Let's go ahead and let's transfer into into our section where we're going to recommend a story to folks. I guess I'm going to go ahead and recommend, as it just kept making me think of this, and uh, will probably end up being one of the one of the things that I, I use as an example of what the story is kind of like. I'm going to go ahead and recommend the musical Hades Town. It's a it's been a slow grower for me, and I'm still waiting to see when I can see it on stage. I believe it was supposed to come through our area, and then COVID hit. <laughs> So I'm hoping that we'll get a chance to see it again later. But it is a musical version of the story of Orpheus and Eurydice with very much sort of like bluesy, jazzy vibes to it. It's really beautifully written. And it's it's kind of, it's one of those shows that kind of took the musical theater world by storm. Like everybody loves it. And I I, I really enjoy it and really, really, really want to, a chance to see it live because I feel like that's gonna that's gonna really bump it up for me. So if this sounds like your, your cup of tea, I would definitely recommend checking out Hades Down. Jenny, I'm going to toss it to you. What would you like to recommend this week? I would like to recommend a movie I just saw recently. It's called The Courier, and it's starring Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's based on the true story 
of this British salesman who was recruited by MI6 and the CIA to take his business to Moscow to help pass messages from somebody there about the Cuban Missile Crisis and getting those documents out to the Americans and that kind of thing. And it's so well done. It's emotional. It's funny. It's heartwarming and just brilliantly acted on, on all sides. And so I highly, highly recommend seeing that movie. All right. Okay, Kit, you get a recommendation as well. What's a story, any genre, any, any, anything that you think our listeners should check out? Well, I'm going to stick with the gods and muses. Throughout. I'm going to recommend the video game Hades, in which you're following the the son of Persephone and the god of the underworld as mm. he tries to escape the underworld. <laughs> it's kind of roguelike, so you'll die a lot, and you just keep on getting stronger and stronger. And it has uh, some good uh, storytelling and uh, interesting narrative and good replayability. Nice. All right. Kit, before we close things out, we would love to be able to, to let you plug anything of your own, any your your website or social media or other projects, anything that you would like to share with our listeners if they want to check out some of your stuff. I have a website, www.kitfalbo.com, but it's probably easiest just to uh, Google my name, K-I-T-F-A-L-B-O, and my books will pop up on Amazon Yeah, because uh, that's where yeah. you have to do if you self-publish these days. I know it's a big you evil corporation, you <laughs> but you know, it's, it's <laughs> do what you got to do. Yeah. I write, uh, I have science fiction and a little bit of fantasy flavor mm. and I even have some poetry books. Not that anybody buys those, but uh, if you like poetry and, and want some really rough poetry. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll make sure and put that info in the show description as well so that people can definitely look up your books. I know I will be, I'll be the, the ones you described sounded great. So I'm going to have to go and add them to my list as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kit. This was a really, really interesting one. I'm really happy with how it went and we couldn't have done it without you. Glad to help. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's our episode. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a story or anything else, email us at somebodywritethis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks and we'll see you then. And as they say... Every man must skin his own skunk. Mm-hmm.